Welcome to the Military Child Education Coalition podcast, the show that illuminates a wide range of challenges and triumphs our military-connected kids experience. My name is Susan Sellers, and I'll be your host. This episode was made possible thanks to the support from the Hickam Spouses Club. Recently, the webinar team hosted Amanda Dixon, North Carolina Southeast Regional Coordinator for Career and Technical Education. She shares how a CTE pathway can be a great fit and provide stability for military students. We hope you find this information helpful. Great, Amira. Thank you so much. And Amanda, thanks for staying on to chat with me. We're going to utilize this uh, Q&A for our podcast. And for those that don't know me, I am Susan Sellers. I am M6 podcast host and producer of our series. And I am just really interested about this concept of career and technical education. As you had shared in the webinar that you just finished presenting, this concept really has changed, at least since I have been at school. Uh, you know, I remember the career and tech center that everybody would you know, go to, and it sort of had a more narrowed focus. But I think you had said, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you had said in your webinar currently, the CTE has 80 different pathways. Yes. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. There are um, actually 79 career pathways and six uh, aligned to the 16 career clusters. That is just amazing. And I know you mentioned that computer science was one of them. Computer science is one of the fastest growing industries here in the U.S. Um, And certainly the health sciences as well. And I really appreciated how you highlighted that these pathways can be utilized for a student on a variety of journeys, whether it's building into um, going to a university to finish and get a four-year degree, whether it's moving straight into employment, but that I think that's really something for parents to take into consideration. So for those families and students that are considering a CTE program or a pathway, um, as you describe them, what should they take? What should they evaluate? What should they be taking into consideration? I think it's really important to make sure that obviously if the student is interested in, you know, those opportunities um, so that it, you know, they're more likely to be engaged um, and to want to complete them. Um, but to really consider some of those more global pathways um, as it relates to maybe business and marketing, finance, um, computer science, and and just kind of keep in mind that under each one of these umbrellas or hubs of those pathways, there are various levels. So it could be cybersecurity, it could be more of the programming, it could be more of the, you know, the engineering side of computer science. So there are various levels. So Once a student really defines that interest, just know that there are various, you know, layers to that as well that can really provide exposure to them. It's just such a different um, learning environment than when we were in school. But then again, our students today are much different than the students we were (laughs) um, years back too. So, um, you know, just really understanding that it's a really comprehensive approach and and really embracing um, that opportunity of of letting those students find what they like, but more importantly, what they don't like, Um, you know, so that while they can explore in a safe zone (laughs) and not on a parent's um, bank account, (laughs) is 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 much nicer too. 
Absolutely. I certainly appreciate your comments of the students of today are definitely not like the students that that I at least grew up um, for myself specifically. I think you had shared in the webinar that you maybe had three or four different careers. I definitely feel that I'm sort of a jack of all trades, you know, starting out with a major and trying lots of different career paths and none related to my major. Um, and as a military spouse and military family member, you know, we move around a lot. And so trying to find that niche early on, I think could uh, provide some wonderful stability for our military kids. So with a career pathway program, are these opportunities though contingent upon a specific GPA? They are not. Um, and truly um, the beauty of CTE, unlike some of their opportunities in the education system, the GPA doesn't matter. Now, obviously there are some, you know, prerequisite courses that would you know, require a student to have, you know, successful completion of before advancing on in that sequence of the pathway. But um, none of these opportunities are contingent upon a certain GPA in order for them to advance. And similar to other classes that are being offered within the school system itself, can the Pathways program support our students that perhaps have an IEP or a 504? Yes, and that's the really exciting part in the beauty of CTE. Um, you know, for our students who have an IEP or other accommodations, um, those accommodations are up upheld in our CTE courses, but also those students who may be obtaining an occupational career certificate versus um, the traditional high school diploma. Our OCS students have really found these opportunities a place for success for them which is awesome. You know, we really do work to eliminate as many barriers as possible. And some of the support staff that are employed by your CTE programs, um, your special populations coordinators really work and to coordinate opportunities and to braid opportunities with the exceptional children's department. There's a military family liaison. So it really becomes a network um, of support to really help those students eliminate any barriers, which is exciting. Yes, that is very interesting. And we actually have a question out of our chat box. Kira, she's asking, are there any resources out there for students that don't have a CTE program currently at their school? And also for any credentialing for schools that don't currently have a super advanced CTE programs? I would look at... Um, to begin with, the, the dual enrollment opportunities with the local community college, because lots of times if a um, many, I know in our, in our area, at least private schools and some of our charter schools are just starting CTE programs or they may not be advanced. Um, but I would have a conversation with your local community college and one of those enrollment advisors, because there are still some opportunities that they can participate in that are related to these um, career and technical education fields. In addition to that, if your student is in a private school or a charter school within an area of a public high school or program that offers these CTE courses, um, there are some alignment opportunities to where they could visit those programs as well and participate. And there's a process that they would follow for that. But because these are federally supported programs, there truly are some opportunities for students regardless of where they're enrolled at. 
Well, and that brings up an interesting point that I, I wanted to sort of explore a little bit specifically for our military students. As we talked about um, and you shared in the webinar, you know, military life is very uh, transient. The one thing that's guaranteed consistently is that things are not always consistent. So for our military kids that are transferring during high school, how does this impact them if they're on a particular pathway if, say, for example, they're transferring from a school district that had offered a CTE program to a school district that doesn't currently support one? One of the things that we try to look at, and I would make sure that I brought up um, as you're meeting with the staff to register a student, is to make sure any information that you can bring with you as it relates to those CTE courses. So oftentimes, as a parent, at least I do this, I get that registration catalog and I'm like, that's paper that I don't need piling up on my counter. But um, you really probably want to scan those course descriptions so that you have them, you know, because lots of times we call courses something different that maybe Georgia calls or wherever. So you want to make sure that there's a description there to even show. So um, hopefully there would be a CTE program, you know, that would somewhat align that, you know, would be similar to that career pathway to kind of help that student transition. But if there were not opportunities um, and maybe it was a developing CTE program, um, then yet again, this information would be able to provide additional guidance through some of those dual enrollment opportunities that we talked about with the community college. And so there are certificate programs through articulation agreements to where these students can be dual enrolled and continue their interest with CTE as it relates to that. But those course descriptions, you know, in addition to your traditional documents that you have to bring, you know, um, and grade reports and all, but those documents really will kind of help kind of customize and guide that. And the more information you can bring, the better. So if they've been involved in CTSOs, any of those career technical organizations, any of that information that you can kind of obtain would really kind of help that transition be a little bit smoother too. I agree. And that's something actually here at MSEC that we really encourage all military students, whether they're doing a CTE pathway or a traditional school that when you're moving from school district to school district to go ahead, keep those syllabuses, keep those uh, course descriptions, because that's going to help to potentially get credit for that particular class. And I know we had talked about SchoolQuest just briefly, but for those that don't know, that's an online resource that MSEC offers where you can actually house your student portfolio. And those are some of the resources that we really do encourage. And I can say from a personal note that we were successful in getting credit for a course that my son took when he, he transferred from one state into the state that he graduated from in high school. And so that was so helpful. And speaking of transitioning and trying to juggle everything, what about extracurricular activities for our kids that are wanting to do a CTE pathway? Are they limited in terms of what they can participate? How do they sort of navigate so that they still have all those opportunities? And I think that's what's really neat about these nationally um, recognized CTSOs is that these opportunities are aligned and afforded to all of the programs and the pathways. So it's not like you have 50, um, you know, there are eight. And so that to me that there's more quality instead of quantity. So that I think helps at least helped a lot of our students as they were PCS and in to really be able to align and kind of bring some of that 
work with them that they had done. Um, yet again, it's very important upon registration. I can't tell you, you know, enough to really make sure that you advocate um, for your students. So if they had been involved in FFA or if they had been in DECA, you know, make sure that that is mentioned because that's probably not a question that the registrar is going to ask, <laughs> you know, when you come to register. But, um, you know, by mentioning that, then they're able to kind of pick up and, and make that connection with that CTSO advisor, kind of help that student go ahead and transition with those extracurricular activities. So, you know, that's the beauty of, especially with the um, interstate compact, that's the beauty of, you know, uh, nope, you've got to wait and start this opportunity at the beginning of the school year next year. That's not the case. Um, and with CTE, they really work to eliminate those barriers. So more information that's provided up front, we can really find a way to place that student to kind of help that transition. And we understand the importance of being able to, for those students to make friends, you know, right off the bat and to really have a sense of belonging. And there's no better way to do that than to make sure that we are able to transition their current CTSO position into a new CTSO or, or a new chapter of that CTSO. And if the CTSO those don't line up. Let's say your student was involved in FFA, but there's not a active FFA chapter at your new school. Well, there may be an additional CTSO there. And so a lot of the foundation and the parameters and the operations of the organization are very similar. Um, so it would not be just on, you know, uncharted territory for your student, which is, which is good. Absolutely. And it would be reassuring for that student that is transitioning to, to see some stability and consistency because that, that makes you feel a lot more comfortable. So as we're wrapping up, any last bits of advice or tips that you would recommend for parents that are listening to this podcast and, and starting to look into CTE programs? I just want to say it just does not matter the academic background of your student. It doesn't matter what um, they hope to do following high school graduation, there's truly an opportunity for every student. And, um, you know, it, there's I only touched the surface <laughs> of many of the opportunities, but the 16 career clusters and the 79 um, you know, pathways, those are, there has to be something <laughs> of interest to the student. I just think that it's really important, especially, you know, in a transient situation, you know, to kind of keep those pathways broad is much as your teenager like mine today decides she wants to do this career, but maybe tomorrow is completely different. You know, the broader you can keep that, the better. Um, one of the, the unique factors of CTE is that some districts are able to develop local course options that are unique to their region or to the um, their area. For instance, in southeastern North Carolina near our beaches, we have a district that um, has boat making and manufacturing as a local course option. Obviously, that's wonderful if, you know, you're going to be near a coast, but if you are, you know, moving to Arizona, that's going to be less beneficial and that's probably not going to be a boat manufacturing and boat making um, a sequence of courses for your students. So, just kind of keep that in mind, more exposure, more awareness, um, and the more opportunities um, really helps your student find out what they don't like, but what they do like. And um, I truly believe that CTE is, is something for everyone to really take the time to explore that to kind of help your student. 
Well, I appreciate all those, that advice and taking the time to just stay on and chat with me and answer our questions that we had from our participants. Amanda, thank you so much. I really enjoyed chatting with Amanda today, and I was so impressed with how expansive the CTE pathway program has become. The episode really highlighted a lot of great opportunities out there for our military students. And if you'd like to watch this entire webinar, please make sure you check out the link in the show's notes. Thanks for listening to the MSEC Podcasts, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. If you enjoyed this episode, like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a comment to let us know the topics you want to hear more about. We'd like to give one more special thank you to the Hickam Spouses Club for supporting this episode, and we hope you will too by giving today's show a five-star rating. For more information about MSEC programs, go to militarychild.org. I'm Susan Sellers. Until next time, live a great story.